This episode is brought to you by Visit Williamsburg. In Williamsburg, Virginia, there's never too much of a good thing. Whether you're a foodie, a golfer, a history buff, a shopaholic, an outdoor enthusiast, or a thrill seeker, you'll find what you came for here and more. So ask yourself, what is it you want? Discover Williamsburg and plan your trip at visitwilliamsburg.com. You're listening to The Treatment Room with Tess and Lauren, the podcast by estheticians for estheticians and those who seek to learn about their own skin from a professional's perspective. We're diving into our whys as licensed skincare therapists, sharing in our career journeys, and separating the gimmicks from the real heroes in skincare. Welcome to the treatment room. Hi, everybody. Welcome back to the treatment room with Tess and Lauren. This is Lauren. And I'm Tess. So welcome back, everybody. We are going to be doing some question and answers today. Um, we asked on Instagram what you guys want to hear about and what you what's like most important to you. So we have a number of questions that we are going to talk about and give you our thoughts. So do you want to get started, Tess, on the first question? Yeah. Okay. So the first question we have is, could you talk about what to expect in esthetician school or beauty school? And, you know, that's a, it's a broad question, but I would say for me, the biggest thing is just expect to be around, you know, all different types of people, all ages, all different like socioeconomic backgrounds, people who have been to college before, people who maybe this is their first time going to school. There may be really young people in the class just getting out of high school. There may be people who are mothers or fathers and entering this as, you know, a second career. So it's just a really broad spectrum, but I think that's what makes it so beautiful. And as far as what to expect, I mean, I do remember it being just a little bit nerve wracking. I think it's an intense environment because everyone has these expectations for their future. And I think every, not everyone, but a lot of people going into esthetician or beauty school have so many, have had this dream for some time and it's maybe something they've always wanted to do. I feel like people are just very passionate in that room. So you're all very nervous and I think it kind of weighs heavy on everyone's heart. So I remember just the first day of school, it being a little bit quiet, everyone was nervous. And it was just, you know, a lot of kind of nervous energy in the room. But by the end of the semester, you're like a family, at least it was that way in my school, and we were a class of 40. Mm -hmm. So yeah, you just bond so much with everyone you're together, at least for me in California, with my hours, it was 5 to 10 p.m., four days a week. So it's like, for me, it was late nights. Maybe for you, it's early mornings, or it could even be midday. But you're just spending a lot of time with these people. So it really exceeded my expectations. I didn't expect it to be such a special thing and something that would transform me. 
Yeah. I really just went into it. Like I love skincare and I want to learn more and I didn't know where it would lead me. I was coming from a, a different career and I was just kind of excited to pursue the interest, but it totally changed my life. So that's my answer. What about you, Lauren? Yeah, I think, I mean, you're so right on that test. My, the girls that I went to school with, are still to this day some of my best friends. Um, we had yeah. the best time together because you spend so much time with each other for so long. And like I went during the days. So mine was like 8.30 to 4.30, five days a week. So, and it's, you know, like you mm-hmm. said, it's 40 people, but that's still relatively small. And you do really, at mm-hmm. least in my experience, you find your niche and you find your, you know, the people that you bond with the most. So yeah, um, yeah. so expect to make really good friends, I think. And also expect to be, out of your comfort zone because yes. there's going to be so, so many things that you've never done before. You're going to be touching people. It sounds creepy, but you're going to be touching people in a way that you haven't before. <laughs> and just in the sense that, you know, you don't go around touching people's faces. And, you know, in most schools, you do also learn waxing. So you're going to be waxing some, some places that you haven't mm-hmm. waxed before. And um, yeah, so expect to be out of your comfort zone and expect to just absorb so much knowledge. Like when I was in school, I remember coming home to my mom and just being like, just completely mind blown by like everything that I was learning. And she was like, she told me in that moment, she's like, I, I I can truly tell that this is such your passion, your calling, because I mean, in high school, you know, I would never come home from school and be like, Oh my God, guess what we learned today. But like in esthetician school, that's what you do. (laughs) You're all excited about skin diseases and facial techniques and everything. So, and I also think, you know, some people, there were a couple people in my class who started esthetician school and then, you know, about halfway through realized that it wasn't for them. So I think it can also be a time, you know, where you discover if it is truly your passion or maybe it's not. And there's nothing wrong with that, but I think it, you know, it can go either way. Yeah. And one thing I will add, because you highlighted, Lauren, how it's such a great space to make such strong friendships. One thing I will say is don't expect to be friends with everyone. Right. Because it is just such a mixed bag and you may not be best friends with everyone or get along with everyone. But I I would say just try to stay focused on the education and find your strong friendship groups, but don't get sucked into any little clicks or drama or anything like that. Yeah. And one last thing before we move on, this uh, esthetician school is a lot about how to pass your state board exam. So Mm -hmm. a lot of the stuff that you see on Instagram, as far as Mm -hmm. like thermoplaning and and Mm -hmm. I don't know, maybe it's changed. I mean, it's been 10 years, you guys, so it must have changed a lot since my experience. So you can tell me if I'm right or wrong on this test, but a lot of it for me was how to pass your state board, sanitation, that type of thing. And I didn't feel like I learned the you know, the more advanced things, obviously, until after I was out of school. So don't be discouraged if you feel like you're not learning how to dermaplane or do lasers yeah. or that type of thing. Like that will come, but but esthetician school is a lot about state board. That's such a good point. And I feel like as more estheticians get on Instagram and because it's such a social media friendly trade. I feel like, yeah, when I look on Instagram now, I see a lot of the hydrofacials and the LED lights and and the things that are really exciting and visually appealing. But even when I was in school, 
two years ago, we didn't learn any of that. It was, you know, a little bit of the more old school microderm abrasion. And there are just, you know, new modalities and things coming about with time. So that's such a beautiful thing about the industry, about being in skincare. But just know there are things you may just learn in your specific workplace, like the ultrasonic spatula or the hydrofacial, things like that. So just know that there will be more training you receive mm-hmm. outside of school. And it's it's really just intended to be the basic foundation. And I'm sure some schools offer more advanced or newer technologies than others. But I yeah. just I wouldn't be feeling like you are, you know, not on par with other people and you're not going to be competitive if you're not doing everything you see on Instagram, like you said, Lauren. Yeah, exactly. And this is like the perfect segue into the next question because the next question is, um, what are the top most important things you learned after school? So, and that, I mean, that goes back to what we were just saying about the more advanced um, technologies or, you know, cause you're not necessarily going to learn hydrofacial in school. So, mm-hmm. I mean, unless you go, I, I don't, I don't know. Every school is so different. So maybe some schools do train on hydrofacial or, um, you know, certain modalities. I think it, it probably does really depend school, school to school, but yeah. I think after school, um, and Tess and I did a whole episode on this, but after school, that's when I felt like I really blossomed as far as more advanced, treatments and peels and really finding my rhythm and my groove Mm -hmm. and my style as an esthetician, Mm -hmm. because everybody has their different vibe when they're in the treatment room and they have a different philosophy. So that I think is the most important thing that I learned afterwards is just, you know, becoming myself as an esthetician and not feeling like I have to stick to these rigid you know, right. in, you know, in school, you learn step by step how to do a facial, right? So, you you know, the most basic and that's facial. Great. That's yeah. great. So you have that foundation. Should you ever need a little massage routine, it's great. Mm-hmm. And you'll always go back to those basics. But yeah, I think the key thing that I will highlight similarly, Lauren, is it's just there's so much you learn outside of s- school that is not from a textbook. It's For me, I think the biggest thing is it is a feeling that you give people that makes them want to come back to you. It is those strong relationships. It's that connection. And it's not going to be this glorious, magical thing with every person you meet, but you will start to form those meaningful relationships and those regular clients. And don't underestimate the power of that feeling, whether it's personal touch or the conversations you have with people and their ability to just be vulnerable with you and open up to you. It's all, it's all important. So none of that is fluff. It It's mm-hmm. really helpful in terms of helping people to relax, which really is the goal. So I would say just keep that in mind above needing to follow things step by step. It is giving people that feeling where they can relax because how rare is that in this world where we're moving a million miles per hour. So to give someone that is really special and you all have that ability to give that to someone. So Mm -hmm. it'll come with time, but that is what I think I've learned most outside of school. Yeah. And I would, I would encourage everybody once you finish school, don't stop learning. It's not over after school. Take, you know, certification classes because for at least in California, you have to take um, you know, a different microdermabrasion 
um, certification class. There's chemical peel certification classes. So I say always continue, just keep learning, mm-hmm. go to classes because yeah. this industry is ever changing. So, you know, and having a license that allows you to take those more advanced classes is amazing. And it's, I mean, it's just so interesting. So definitely keep learning. Don't just stop after school. It's not done. It's not a one and done type license. Yeah, no. And I think it's kind of easy as you become an older SD to kind of rest on your laurels and, mm-hmm. you know, and just feel like there's nothing new to be learned. But the day you stop learning is the day, you know, you're not competitive with other people and you mm-hmm. don't, you don't have that passion of, about you that someone else might. So I would say, yeah, like Lauren said, put yourself out there, go to conventions, sign up for classes. Even social media has so many wonderful esthetician resources. There's books. So yeah, never stop learning. Yeah. Stay curious. Stay curious. Yeah. (gasps) Okay. Okay. Top tips for a successful esthetician. Okay. Mine would be... Be prepared. Mm -hmm. So as many notes as you can take on your clients, the better, the better you can arrange your supplies so they are at the ready and you don't have to fumble around for things, the better, the more you're, you know, double checking your modalities for them being charged and just making sure everything's ready to go. You have your Mm -hmm. towels, all that. It's just going to benefit you. My next thing would be be early you just, there's nothing worse. And Lauren and I have said this before. There's nothing worse than rushing to get to your appointment. Then you're in a stressed out mindset. You're not doing the things on your checklist you need to do beforehand. So be extra early. Just give yourself that time and be professional. I know it's easy when you start to develop that comfort with certain people to kind of, you know, want to slip into that friend, friend, what's the word friend rhetoric, I guess, but just remember they are coming to you for a service. So just be professional. You can have those intimate conversations, but just keep it, keep it professional. And you never want to get lazy with things. Even if Mm -hmm. they are becoming a regular client, you want to give them the same service you would give to them if it was their first time in your spa. And the last thing I'd say is be yourself. And it took me, I would say, And I'm still learning. There's days when, because I struggle with anxiety, there's days when I feel like it gets a grip on me more than others. And I don't feel myself a lot of days, but just try to relax and be you because that's what people want. They don't want to hear, you know, you being a carbon copy of someone else or other things you've heard, you being robotic, just relax and be yourself. And I think that's when it just opens this whole like magical door. And I think that's when you'll be the happiest too. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. So mine, um, my top tips kind of is obviously very similar, but um, learning how to empathize with your clients and understand Mm -hmm. where they're coming from, what they're going through, because, Mm -hmm. you know, in, in the spa, we may see somebody with extreme cystic acne, you know, one day, and then somebody comes in the next day with acne that's half as bad, but they feel like it's just as bad. Do you know what I mean? So knowing how to empathize with somebody and, you know, knowing that maybe their acne is a five out of 10, but to them, it's a 10 out of 10 and you need to treat it that way. And don't, um, you know, don't downgrade their feelings basically of, of of that, obviously make them feel good and don't be like, Oh yeah, you have terrible acne, (laughs) 
but you know, make them feel good, but also empathize with them so that they, they know that you feel what they're feeling. Yeah. Yeah. And that's something Douglas really showed me the power of, especially the consultation when you're first asking somebody what their concerns are and they're opening up and telling you, and you know, maybe they've never told anyone, like, I'm really insecure about my acne. Just, you know, like have that, that expression, like you're really listening to them and just give them that body language and that encouragement to let them know you like, this is a safe place. I hear you. We're going to do what we can to address that. Yeah, exactly. Listening to your clients without listening with the intent of making a response. Do you know what I mean? So really listening, understanding what they're looking for and not just trying to you know, give them a quick fix, but really understanding it's so important because that's how you're going to create that connection with your client. And that's, what's going to keep them coming back because you don't, nobody wants to go to somebody where, like Tess said, where you feel like it's robotic or you're just Mm -hmm. another number coming through their spa. They want that connection. They want to, you know, have that personal relationship with you. So definitely listen, empathize, um, keep notes like Tess said on your client's So if somebody comes in and they've seen you three times before, you better know who they are because there's, I mean, you want them to feel special. You want them to feel heard. You want them to feel like they have a place and a safe space in your spa. So knowing your clients, remembering, um, and of course we can't remember everything about every single client, which is where notes come in. So take notes review them before every single client. So when they come in and not just notes on their skin, but take notes on like, you know, if their birthday's coming up or their son just had a birthday or they're going on vacation, like just keep, keep detailed notes. So when they come in, they feel special and you know exactly what the history of their skin is. Yeah. Yeah. And lastly, Oh, sorry, go ahead, Tess. Oh, sorry to cut you off. (laughs) Yeah. I, I like what you said about mentioning the little personal things in your notes, because Sometimes even in the moment, like it feels a little silly, but those are the things that actually help me remember somebody. So, mm-hmm. you know, even little physical features, like it helps me to remember, or if somebody's wearing a really cute outfit, like it helps me to remember when I'm scooping them from the lobby, who they are and those yeah. little details, you know, just set off that trigger. So I think that's a great point. Yeah, exactly. And my last um, point on this is just get comfortable with recommending product and nobody wants to feel like a sleazy salesman. However, Mm -hmm. you would be doing an injustice to your client if you didn't recommend products that would be good for them um, for home care, which we all know the importance of home care. It's like an 80, 20 thing. It's like, you can't work out with a trainer once a month and expect to see results. Mm -hmm. It's the same thing with facials. So Mm -hmm. just get comfortable with it. You don't need to be pushy about it, but maybe just write them a little prescription pad or just say, this is what I recommend for you. No rush. If you're, if you are to buy one thing today, this is what I would say for you to buy because not everybody wants to spend $500, you know, all at once. Right. Right. So Yeah. Yeah, I think making it clear what the priorities are is very helpful to someone. Yeah, exactly. And we, I'm, I get this question a lot, and I'm sure you do, Tess, but it's like, mm-hmm. if I have to, you know, what's the most right. important thing? If I'm going to spend, you know, good money on something, would it be a serum or a cleanser? It's like, obviously, a, a serum. Do you know what I mean? So making sure that you know what what's of priority for them in that moment and write it down so that they don't forget. Unless, I will say, unless they are using something like, Neutrogena acne wash or Cetaphil because I think a cleanser is 
very important. And if they are compromising that barrier, their skin may not readily absorb these serums if they're inflamed or, you know, surface dry. So yeah. So just as long as they are on a, a solid routine. Yeah, that's that's a good point. Don't let them yeah. be using, like you said, Neutrogena acne washer or anything crazy like that, but know how to prioritize and let them know what would be most important for them. Yeah. Okay, great. What about any funny client stories about being an SD? Oh, all of my funny stories <laughs> come from waxing. And let me just preface this by saying I might be the world's worst waxer. Like no, I would be. That's why I don't do it. I have, I've never had an interest. Everyone has. Right. I think that thing. I mean, things change, but I think when you're in SC school, you know that thing that lights you up. For me, it was skincare waxing. It was so cringe for me. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But, I it was never my thing, and it still to this day is not my thing. Like I'll do an eyebrow here and there if like a friend asks me to, but like yeah. you guys. Brazilian waxes. And I mean, if you can do these and you're good at these, like, wow, more power to you because I just absolutely cannot. And so like, I don't know, all my cringe stories are just around waxing. Like, like a girl came to me with a tampon in one time. I had to tell her to leave. (laughs) Just, I mean, and just like stories about like, girls that, you know, they would just be in so much pain during a bikini wax. And yeah, you know, and mostly because it was because they would come like either right before or right after their period or like that one case on their period. Do you know what I mean? So just like, uh, there's just been a couple of times, like at the beginning of my career where I would be doing a Brazilian and just like in my head, just completely apologizing to them. Like, please don't ever come back to me for this. I know. I just, that's one thing that I just have to, you know, it's not our forte. It's not our forte. And that's it. We are going to bring on an expert who it is her forte and we can't wait to hear more about it because I'm so in awe of it Yeah, and it's definitely an art. So we are excited to just pass on that information since we don't have it. Like I love watching waxing videos, but personally, I'm just so, I'm just so bad. I could do an arm. I could do a back. But like when it comes to those, those areas that are a little more tricky, it's just not that it's not for me. So yeah, I'm super excited to have her on. I think you guys will really like the episode um, because it's something so different. And if you guys are into waxing, stay tuned for that episode because she's one of the best waxers I've ever seen. So you guys will love it. Yeah, I cannot wait. And That, I just want to say one quick thing. Mm -hmm. It is okay to be specific. You don't have to be a jack of all trades. Mm -hmm. I think a lot of SDs in school have that fear. Since you're learning all of this, you think you have to be the best at all of it. But I'd say if you want to specialize, I think that actually may take you further. Oh, yeah. And there are some spas, and maybe this is less so now, but I, I interviewed with quite a few spas back in the day that that we're like, you have to have waxing. You have to be able to wax. Like this is just part mm-hmm. of our business. We do skincare, but we also do waxing and yeah. they, you know, didn't really let people specialize. And right. if you want to specialize, it's okay to say no to a spa because of that. Because let me tell you something, 
I was at one point I was, you know, if I would get booked a bikini wax, I would try to move it to another esthetician without anybody noticing. Because first of all, I was bad. At it. I just didn't want to do it. And second of all, I just knew that they would have a better experience with another esthetician because I was just like, it was just not good for, for either of us. So it's, a, yeah, like I said, it's okay to specialize and it's okay to not work for a certain spa because they won't let you specialize, if that makes any sense. Yeah. Yeah. So I know it can be tricky finding that job, but Mm -hmm. we have faith. You will find what is meant for you. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So, all right. So a little left turn here. The next question is the different types of chemical peels um, and or how to use an ultrasonic spatula for pores. So we can kind of start with chemical peels. It's a super broad um, topic, but there's, I mean, just, the basics of it, there's different peels for different, uh, different concerns. Um, so there's glycolic and there's lactic and there's different, um, like depths of peel. So like glycolic and lactic would be very light peel, no peeling, no actual peeling with those. There's Jesner and trichloracetic acid, um, which are going to be more, um, deeper peels that will actually make your skin peel. So I don't know. What do you think? Mm-hmm. Yeah, those are all true. I, in the main, Two I work with at my spa are lactic and glycolic. So I would say those, if you're kind of struggling to learn the ingredients, those are a great two to focus on and mm-hmm. you'll get a lot of benefits. Those are so applicable to so many skin types. Lactic is dry from milk. And I would say it's great for that skin that's dry or sensitive, mm-hmm. even for people who are ros- rosaceous prone, it can work for them. And it's actually going to bind moisture to the skin over time. So it will be hydrating in the long run and it's going to strengthen the skin. So helping to reduce that vascularity. So lactic is a really great one. That's a little bit safer. And I would say it's a good starter, or maybe you even want to start with an enzyme peel just to really ease people into it. But lactic Mm -hmm. is a good little first step into the peel world. Mm -hmm. And I will say peels should be done, you know, in a series of like three to six peels. You don't want to, I think the biggest rule of peels is not to just go into it thinking, I want to get the most bang for my buck because Mm -hmm. you will get those clients who say, I don't feel anything, you know, and they want to feel something because they think it's not working if it's not burning, but that is not the case. And so peels are an area you need to be careful. I wouldn't, be doing them, you know, right off the bat. I think it takes time to understand skin and learn how to use them, but they can be really great and offer a lot of benefits in terms of brightening the skin, reducing the depth of wrinkles, helping with acne, helping Mm -hmm. to produce new collagen. So they're a wonderful tool to have in your little box. And then as far as glycolics, that is a little bit of a stronger peel because it has that smaller molecular size. It's going to penetrate a little bit deeper. And so there's so many different strengths as well when it comes to peels. And another thing I want to highlight is the pH of the peel is actually very important. A lot of times people just look to the percentage, but the pH is very important in terms of understanding the peel. And if you have something that's a pretty balanced pH, which is like the type of peels we do at Dermaplus, you're not going to have that intense peeling, but you're still going to get great benefits. So that's important to know 
they're not all created equal just depending on the percentage. Yeah. Yeah. I think the main thing with peels, just to kind of sum it all up, is you want to know what type of acid it is or what type of um, like combination of acids because there's like a Jesner peel and there's certain peels that companies are creating now that is a, a mixture of different acids, which targets, you know, something very specific. So, so knowing yeah. what acids you're working with, what the percentage is, um, and then also like Tess said, what the pH is and the skin that you're working on. So you really want to make sure that you, you know what you're getting into before, um, before you put it on somebody's skin. Um, and just making sure you always have a neutralizer on hand, ready to go so that you can, unless it's self neutralizing, but yeah, but yeah, Yeah. I mean, if you have anything in your spa, that's not self neutralizing, I would say always just have a neutralizer there that, um, you know, baking soda or just something for just an emergency scenario. I, in my career have never had that happen. And I'm sure most estheticians have not, but you want to have that. I think that safeguard just, just, just in case. Yeah. Yeah. And have your tool to, however, you're going to take off the peel at Dermaplus, we use water, we use towels, Mm -hmm. and then we use our toner to neutralize, but have that all ready to go. So you're not fumbling around, keep track of the time. And I will say, I think peels are a great, a lot of you have DM'd me and asked what are good classes I should take outside of school. I would say chemical peels are a big one. Same goes for an ingredients course. And that can go hand in hand, but peels are something that takes, I think, a little deeper understanding than what you learn in school. You'll learn the type of, you know, scenario to, to be choosing the peel for that skin type. Like, for example, maybe somebody's a little bit sensitive and dry and you're not sure what type of peel, lactic would be great. So you're looking at someone mm-hmm. who's a little bit more on the oily side, their pores are a little bit more visible and they're not super sensitive maybe glycolic is a better option for them so just considering all those things I think is really helpful but you need to learn more than everything we're saying yeah yeah this is this is not your crash course yeah this is not your crash course in the pills definitely take another class on it because I mean, we were hesitant about answering this question just because it is such a broad category and there's so much to know and learn. So go take a class. It's worth every penny. You want to know what you're working with because there's nothing scarier than getting a peel on somebody's face and being like, holy crap, they're lighting up like a Christmas tree. (laughs) Yes. And you should also know the the contraindications for mm-hmm. giving a peel it's it's a strong level of exfoliation mm-hmm. is what peels are so you should understand if they are using retinoids you know if they've had a wax recently right if they've been in a lot of sun all these things affect the peel if there's somebody who's going to work out that day there's just so many factors yeah yeah, yeah, I like to call it for people who don't, who aren't in the skincare industry. When my friends ask about it, I tell them it's like a controlled burn. It's literally like mm-hmm. you're you're creating a controlled injury to the skin that doesn't actually injure the skin. If that makes any sense, it's almost like you work out, you get really sore, and then your muscles build up stronger. It's the same thing with a peel, but you do have that that threshold of too much, too far. So, yeah, right. and contraindications. Right. But I mean, you know to make a short story super long, take a class, get as acquainted and get the best understanding of it that you can, because they're amazing tools, like can be some of the best treatments that you can do. um, As long as you know what you're doing. Yes. And it's a fine line. Like Lauren said, 
I mean, you are temporarily injuring the skin so that you can stimulate those fibroblast cells, produce new collagen and have all those benefits, but it is a very careful line and you can take it too far. So just important to understand what you are working with. Okay. And the next question is how to use an ultrasonic spatula for pores. Mm -hmm. This is also something I would say it's a little bit better to kind of see this in action Mm -hmm. than us explain it, but it is something I use at Dermaplus. And I think it's kind of replacing microderma microdermabrasion on some level because you are getting that great physical exfoliation, but it's a lot better for those who are a little bit more sensitive and you're not going to have those same risks of damaging any capillaries, but you essentially, you're kind of scooping along with it. I mean, you turn it on, you want the skin to be wet and you are just using that microcurrent to kind of push out that dirt and debris. And so it's a really wonderful tool. It's really great around the nose, actually. Around those flat areas, it's a little bit more difficult, but don't be intimidated by it. It's a really great tool, and I find it really advances my services and my results. I will say I don't think it replaces traditional extractions because you don't get that same element of pressure, but it's a really nice, I'd say, added form of exfoliation. Or people who maybe can't stand extractions, I would say it would be a good option for them as well. But I like to, for the majority of people, I like to kind of interweave them if they are getting the certain type of facial that offers that. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. I've never used one, so I'm super intrigued by it and I do really want to try it. So I appreciate your answer on that, Tess. (laughs) Yeah. I love the Instagram videos of people using it. Oh my God. You guys have to like look up the hashtag ultrasonic skin scrubber. I could just watch it for hours. It's so (laughs) satisfying. I love it. Yeah. Okay. So our next question is how to control anxiety in the spa room. So just before we get into this, Tess and I did an episode on this just really recently, um, which we can link in the show notes. Mm -hmm. But if you guys want a super in-depth answer to this and you're really struggling with it, go listen to that episode. But um, for basics, I think self-care is really important for this. Just for basic um, anti-anxiety, I guess, for the treatment room is take care of yourself, work out, don't drink too much coffee. You know, don't do anything that you know is going to make you jittery or on edge and um, prepare yourself. Like we talked about earlier, before you go into the treatment room, make sure that you have everything ready, arrive early, know who you're seeing, know what your first treatment is, and just try to prepare yourself as much as possible so that um, Mm -hmm. your risk of the unknown or something going wrong is just lessened. Yeah, perfectly said. And (laughs) if you guys want more in-depth answers. We have a full podcast on it. (laughs) Yeah. Perfect. Yeah. Okay. I think that is a good end end point for us. Yeah. I think we're going to actually do a part two. So we will be answering more of your questions, but thank you to those of you who submitted questions. You can actually just DM us anytime. Mm-hmm. If you have questions, we take screenshots and kind of keep a log of it and it inspires all of our, epi- all of our episodes. Sorry, I can't speak, but <laughs> yeah, you guys are at like the heart of this. So thank you for just being involved with us. We yeah. love it. Yeah. And no question is a dumb question. Like don't ever be afraid to ask anything. We want to hear it all. We want to know what you guys want to hear. So 
Um, yeah. yeah, so DM us or if we ever put a poll up, please let us know because it, it helps us a lot because we want you guys to enjoy this. We do this for you guys, you know. So. Yeah. Yeah. Cool. All right. Well, thank you guys so much for listening. We will talk to you in the next one. All right. See you guys. Bye.